Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. I heard Ben Simmons try to holler at one of your chicks. Not my holler one of my chicks. I, if it was one of my side chicks, it wouldn't matter. This dude tried to holler at my fiance. So you glad he got traded? The thing about it, I don't. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I would have traded him for like a, a, a subway sandwich. <laughs> all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay and the guy that's stopping by for conversation on a drink today. He's a comedian, an actor, writer, producer, podcaster. He calls himself the best-dressed comedian, the African king of comedy, Mr. Michael Blackstone. I'm in the building, man. I suck out. What's going on? How you doing, man? I'm looking good, man. Man, you done pulled out so much. I don't know how you get out of it. You had keys. You had <laughs> cell phone. You had a garage door opening. <laughs> you all of them tight-ass pants pocket. How? This outfit was made on me, man. You know, I, I, I'm rich now. They, they come to my house and make the clothes on my body. Man, ain't nobody. I'm trying to figure what old lady you robbed and stole a shower? <laughs> you gonna talk about me? He look, he look like a thug and a nerd, motherfucker. You gonna rob me or email me? Goddamn thick ass glasses. When is Jesus coming? See, I won't really say that. I won't go get on the ankles. You gonna come out here with no socks and ankles like that? In California, it's supposed to be hot. Look at we got a toast. Hey, check, check this out. This is my own brand of cognac. Okay. Uh, you know, you my second comedian, third comedian. Third. Yeah, but you my favorite. I like I like because you was in what you call it, Friday. I was in the first. Yeah, you was in Friday. Friday. Next I, Friday. Yeah, man, bro, you stole the scene with that. One. I can't get jiggy with this. What's your manager? That pink mother sucker. <laughs> you look like that player hitter who sold me the shit. I've no damn receipt. Kiss my ass or what? Continue success, bro. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Shit better be good. <laughs> if it ain't good, it's not bad. I know it ain't bad. I know it ain't bad. See. And you don't even really know anything about good alcohol, being nah, from Philly. I'm not. Oh, don't talk shit about Philly. Yeah, you, you know. Where you from? I'm from ATL. Ah, yeah. Yeah, okay, what? You want to say anything bad about uh, ATL? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, you guys were up by 20-something points <laughs> in, in the Super Bowl <laughs> and lost. <laughs> you know you got to do to lose about that much points? And then you're Y'all won the Super Bowl, now you feeling good. Philly was... Finally, Philly was, man, we, I was at that game, we finally did it. Trust me, I, I went through hell for many years. I Did went, you cry? When we won? Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm a thug. I'm, I don't cry anymore. You ain't a thug. How <laughs> you a thug? I'm a thug, man. I've never, I've cried on probably very few occasions. You know what I'm saying? 
But uh, yeah, nah, I was very excited that day. I was at the game cheering. We went through hell. I was, you know, I moved to Philly 1990. You know, so I suffered through the uh, Randall Cunningham era all the way through McNabb. I mean, McNabb went to the NFC Championship game five years in a row, made it to one Super Bowl, and then he threw up. <laughs> he threw up. So it was great. But no, I, I, if anybody deserved to win the Super Bowl, it was the McNabb's team. I right. feel so bad them guys didn't get the winning. Nobody deserved it more than them. Westbrook and, of course, uh, you know, uh, Dawkins and... You know, Prada, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. I just wanted to tell Owens. That team was so well deserving of it. But, you know, in 2018, we won it for them. That was for them. You were at the event the other night, Tuesday night, in which Dave Chappelle was on stage. And I don't call him a fan because fans don't do things like that. Right. When the guy ran on stage and, uh, and, and tried to tackle Dave Chappelle, yeah. you were there. What was going through your mind when that happened as it's unfolding? I mean, it was so, it was so shocking. It was happened so fast, you know. And I personally think this guy's a clout chaser. We're yeah. in a very clout chasing era. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. Somebody always make plans to jump down the yeah, Super Bowl, right. chase clout. You know, um, I, I'm not going to say this had anything to do with Will, Will Smith. You know, I mean, making people comfortable enough to smack comedians. I mean, we have to be signed to like Death Row Records now, so we have protection. <laughs> But um, it was very shocking. It happened really fast. You know, first I thought it was some kind of a joke, but then right. we realized it was real. You know, and I think that guy planned this because, you know, Dave was done his set. Right. You know, he's done his set, so now there's not much attention on him. Right. He's about to introduce somebody else, and boom, this guy jumped. Everybody's relaxed. Everybody Everybody's let, relaxed. Let the guard down. So I'm, that was the third show that he was doing. Right. I think that guy was there, show one and show two, Timed everything right. when he was going to do this thing. Right. That's what I feel. The way he did it and when he did it, it was a timing type of thing. Because I'm sure with the 18,000 C venue, right. there should be security watching this guy, right. watching who's coming on stage. Right. So they, they fell asleep for one second and this guy. That's all they took. You mentioned that you don't believe it had anything to do with the Will Smith, Chris Rock incident. Mm -hmm. When that incident has happened, I don't know if you're seeing it live or you saw the replay. Did you think, like, man, that might be a skit? Or did you know that was, man, this man actually slapped the ish out of uh, Chris Rock? Yeah, when I saw it, um, you know, at first I thought it was some kind of a... A skit. Yeah. yeah. And then when, when, when Will Smith sat there and started cussing, I'm like, oh, no, he's not cussing at the Oscars right. as a skit. Right. You know, um, yeah, that, that bothered me a lot. I lost a lot of respect. So what, what, what bothered you the most, that he actually did it? Or, or the not apologizing immediately after, or the continuous... That he actually did it. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Actually did it on the biggest stage, the biggest night of his life. You know, first of all, this award is being produced by Will Packer, a black, black man. man. Correct. It is, that was a sign that you was going to get this award. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson was receiving an award. Right. You know, it was like it was just made for your big night. Stars aligned perfect. Right. And then, and then this happens. You know, and... There were so many other things he could have done right. instead of that. Like, you know, cussing my wife, he was on stage. Hey, one more word about my wife, I'm going to come fuck you up. Right. That would have been okay. Right. Or why he receiving his award, go on stage, hey, and I appreciate the joke about my wife, whatever. Right. But going and hitting him and, you know, because I felt like when he smacked Chris Rock, he smacked every comedian. Right. I felt like I got smacked because I, I go hard in the paint. Right. And I talk about people. You know, and I don't expect nobody to come on stage to, to hit me. Right. 
because I made a joke. It just, at the end of this, it's worse. Did, it's hard to say because I don't know how you would, and we're gonna talk about your situation because you recently got engaged, mm -hmm. but did you think the joke rose to the level that would warrant that kind of reaction? Not at all. That's why I sat back and I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, let me see what he was thinking to go and punch him. Right. All right, the joke was about, um, you know. G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane. Give me right. more play the character. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to go back to 2016 mm -hmm. when, he, when, he, when they tried to boycott the Oscars. Right. All right? Yeah. He said, okay. He's not coming. There's not enough inclusiveness. There's not enough diversity. No, no, he also, Chris said on the... On no, the, Will. Okay. Will was the one that boycotted. Okay, it wasn't him and Jada. No, Will said he wasn't coming. Then Jada said she wasn't coming. Okay. That's when Chris Rock said no one invited Jada. Right, he said, he said it's like Rihanna's panties. Right, He's correct. not invited. That is correct, right. Okay, and then we fast forward to this, like, right. you know, G.I., me, you're not invited, me, you're not a great enough actress. Right. You're not big enough to come into the Oscars. You're right, to boycott, right. And then we come to 2022, and right. he says, you know, you can't do nothing but G.I. Jane. That's right. the only thing you could do if it was, if anything came out. Right. Okay, I could, I, maybe I'm thinking way deep. Right. I'm trying to find a reason why he smacked him. Right. That's the only thing I could think of. Like, okay, this guy's been stalking my wife for years. He's telling my wife he right. can't be nothing. She would never do a movie unless G.I. Jane comes out. Right. That's the only reason I could think why he would have... He'll make him go and hit her, babe. I guess it didn't dawn in on him right away because he laughed at first. That, that's the part. He's laughing at the joke. Yeah. He looks at her. She's not laughing. Mm -hmm. And then he feels he has to defend her honor, that he right. needs to go up there and do something because he made a joke. But, Mike, your girl knows you. Right. She knows what will sit you off. Right. She knows what that will make you upset. Mm -hmm. Jada got to stop that. Yeah, my girl would have stopped it. Yeah, bro, bro, you ain't not making all this money. My girl would have stopped it. My, I had an ex. My ex was the type that would cost me her to get our ass whooped. Yeah, that's why she's an ex. <laughs> right. You know, that's you can't. We can't have a woman like that. That like you know, we go out and she argue with big niggas bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bitch. You know, <laughs> six eight three thirty. I'm <laughs> um, six eight one thirty. <laughs> I'm a crackhead compared to this guy. We right. don't, you know? And that's what, um, so, I mean, my woman would have stopped, my current woman would have stopped me from going. Right. You Knowing know? that, bro, this is, the, this is not the time. Not this the is time. not the place. It's a night for you. Right, right. Yeah. So This was a night ideal for you. And, and it's, fun, it's, it's sad that he won the Oscar, but his actions overshadowed yes. that moment. And it, forever, forever. Forever. This is, forever. This is what, that, those Oscars will be known as the Will Smith Chris Rock Oscar. And I think if he would have apologized to Chris at that moment, it might have been a little bit better. Yes. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have definitely... Yeah, you can't, you can't apologize to the... Bruh, you slapped the man, but you don't apologize to him? But hold on. This is your brother. He from Philly. You from Philly. He's light-skinned. <laughs> you don't count light-skinned brothers? Dark-skinned brother have to stick together. I'm riding with Chris. I'm, and I'm a comedian. It's my job. We have the same job. I go hard and paint on social media, on people. I talk about people. So I feel, you know, and I don't think give anybody no right to come and hit me. Has that changed the way you do your show? Nah, I can't change because of that. You know, I mean, I, I would love to get a Will Smith to slap me because I'll sue for a lot of money. Right. My luck, I get a... And then you be done doing uh, oh, comedy. Oh, man, though. let me tell you. He would be so broke... <laughs> Will Smith will have to move back with his uncle and auntie in Bel Air. That's how he's going to be. 
He gonna go back to Uncle Phil's house, <laughs> living right next door to Carlton. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Michael Blackson, mm -hmm. he's hosting the Oscars. Mm -hmm. This is a big time thing. There's not been very many of us that's gotten an opportunity to host the Oscars. And you up there, you tell a joke. And you know, you guys are to lighten the mood. Okay, this is Hollywood's brightest, best and brightest. Yeah. And you got to bring them down a little bit because everybody in there talk to you, know everybody in there, bow guys, I got, hold on. Y'all not all of that, so I crack off a joke. You crack off a joke, somebody walks up there. How's Michael Blackson handled that situation? Well, after watching what happened, then we know anything is possible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running. <laughs> now, if there's some, you know, because, uh, I mean, Chris Rock handled it like such a pro. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. A lot of people might not so, have handled it like that. So mature, so grown, because it could have been a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it could have been a real bad If disaster. I'm hosting, that's the shortest Oscars ever. But they also said, hey, he's, his ticket price went from 80 bucks to $400. I'm telling you, I'm going to the next Oscar, grab the mic, and cuss everybody's wife out. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, your wife a caca bitch. <laughs> Please come slap me. I need some money, please. I need my ticket price to go up. <laughs> Brad Pitt, your wife is handicapped, whatever. You know. So are you, when the guy jumps on the stage, mm -hmm. he uh, tries to tackle Dave Chappelle. He gets beat down. Mm -hmm. Now he's, I mean, I, I, you see the photos of his arm. His arm wasn't made to bend that way. No, no, no. This eye, guy he got a patch over his eye, say close for at least two weeks. Definitely. He, turned, he went from a regular guy to a pirate in two days. Yeah. <laughs> Now he got two left arms. Now he walking backwards. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, I hate violence. Right. Period. You know what I'm saying? But maybe he needed to be an example. Like, don't you can't be coming on stage right. to attacking anybody for no reason. And it's not like he, it's not like David did a joke and his joke offended this guy. This right. is something he planned to do. Yes. Because the joke show was over. Right. And like he made a particular joke and he like, uh, you know, he jumped right at that joke. Right. So we don't know why was he jumping beside, was it cloud chasing? Was he sent to do this? Mm -hmm. Did somebody sent him to do this? Do you? Because so it came out today that he was not, um, that he's not being charged. He's not any, being charged. And he fell in felony, right, right. It's a misdemeanor. Do you think social media, because we see people, the guy agitating Mike Tyson, and we see these people, mm -hmm. someone of prominent, and you know, it's got, it's recorded. So obviously, they're doing this with the intent of getting this out. I mean, when I go somewhere, I'm not recording anything because I, I don't, I'm not expecting to have an encounter. Right. I'm not going to put myself or place someone else in a situation that I feel I need to record the situation. Do you think social media has brought a lot of this out? Oh, definitely, man. Social media is like a curse and a blessing at the same time. It's a blessing for us because it's our own television show. Right. You know, we Your get own platform. You put out platform. Michael Tyson can put out what he wants. I became rich because of social media. Right. At the same time, you know, you're rich. And I'm ghetto rich. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I got a Rolls Royce, and I'm still. You with ain't my got mother. no Rolls Royce. I got a colony, but I still live with my mother. I'm ghetto rich. I'm rich. I'm no, no. I'm I made it in life. I came from nothing. I'm very you successful. Went to culinary school. That's what you said. No, but I suck. I don't be a hater. <laughs> oh, my bad. You said culinary. A culinary. No, culinary is a, is a Rolls Royce truck. That's what I drive. That what you drive? Yes. That's my squatter. Okay, okay, carry but, on. But um, no, 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 so social media helped me get to where I am today. Right. At the same time, social media has hurt me in the past. You know, you, you do anything, boom, it's out there. Right. You know, somebody took a picture of you, if you out with another woman instead of your woman, boom, next right. you know your picture's on there with this other woman. Right. So but at the end of the day, you gotta take it for what it is, and you gotta take the good and the bad. Right. Why you like trolling so much? <laughs> 
you see Drake, a guy respond to Drake, said something core to Drake. Drake trolls him back by start following his wife, right. sliding her DMs, yeah. say, hey, seems like you need, you know, you lonely, I'll holler, at your, holler at your boy, you know, whatever. Why you troll? Why you troll? My whole life, I've been, my, my, I've been bullied my whole life. As a, you know, I came from another country. Right. Came to America at 13 years old. Did you speak English? I, yeah, I came from an English-speaking country. Okay. Uh, came here at 13 years old as a kid, and I came, like, we're talking about, like, late 80s, where it wasn't about being dark-skinned. Right. It was, you know, and I had an accent. Kids made fun of me every day, you know? And then when I, was, when I, when I finally got comfortable with myself, which right. took many years, right. you know, of learning what it takes to fit in. Right. I mean, a lot of things I didn't know about myself until I came to America. America was like that apple that, that God said, don't eat the apple. Right. America's like, y'all ate all that damn apple. And now y'all see things, <laughs> y'all yeah. see things y'all shouldn't be saying or talking about. Right. Like I said, I had no idea I was dark skin until I came here. Yeah. Not like I was in my village thinking I was red bone or nothing. Right. But the kids let me know. This, I remember hanging out with some kids. They said, you black? I said, of course, we're all black. They said, no, you black as hell. <laughs> I mean, they told me I look like under the bed. That's dark as hell. <laughs> Have you looked under the bed lately? <laughs> they told me I look like I have no bright ideas. <laughs> they said the difference between me and midnight is 11.59. You that dark? They said when God said, let there be light, I was out of town. <laughs> they told me Stevie Wonder sees me every day. That's dark as hell. <laughs> Stevie don't see a damn thing. So when they... Is that why you became a comedian? To get them up off you? Yes. So I, what I learned is um, I took everything they said about me and I flipped it around and uh, accepted it and make, now I make fun of myself. Right. And then now I make fun of everybody. So now if I can make fun of myself, I don't really care about anybody else. So right. I'm just, you know, just giving back what I've been given my whole life. I'm like, uh, yeah, I became a hater. I roast everybody. Anything that happens, I'm on top of it. I follow you on social media and I saw where you recently got engaged. Yes. But you love women, Mike. I love women. And I, I established that from the beginning of this relationship. I realized after my last relationship, I dated a beautiful woman for four years. And my whole life, I've never been faithful. Any of my exes watching, yes, I cheated on all of you. And you lied to them, huh? I lied. Man, I lied so much, man, I don't even know what the truth is. <laughs> I cheated on every woman I was with. And then, I, and then when I realized that after my last relationship, when she left me because, you know, she got tired of me cheating. Then I realized to myself, I can't be faithful. So I said, if anybody come around, I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm down with a relationship, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I cannot be, I'm not sure it's in my blood. You know, my mother told me my dad was an alcoholic and he had a lot of women. Mm -hmm. I'm not alcoholic, I'm not a drinker, but I mean, I, I like a lot of women. So right. we had, I, my lady came in agreement you know, originally we had agreement on like once a month I could do whatever I want, right. have whatever I want. And you know, it's something, and I realized that, you know, it's something you could establish in the beginning of a relationship. Every man, that's our biggest problem, infidelity. Right. And we have to, we could, we're in an era where we could actually get an agreement made. But everybody said that, everybody's like, well, you know, tell me what you want, give me the opportunity to make a choice. Yes. But most of us are afraid of the choice that she will make that won't include us. You weren't afraid of that. Yeah, because we rich. Brooke niggas can't do this. <laughs> Brooke man ain't got no choice. He can't even afford a woman's way. How you gonna cheat with somebody else? I, I have a lot of young athletes, 
22 years old, 23 years old, and I meet him, I said, listen, get this established from the beginning of your relationship. You are you making 10, 20 million dollars a year. <laughs> you line on 10 women and tell them, hey, you know, you be my woman, but once in a while I like to do what I want to do, 80% would accept it, if not all of them. Right. You know, at the end of the day, a woman would take her bills being paid from a rich man that cheats than a broke man that's don't, don't, don't you just want, don't you just want like, you know what? Honey, I'm home. Just, ah, damn, baby, I missed you. How was your day, babe? Yeah. Don't you want that? Yes, I have that. That's on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah! <laughs> and Friday and Saturday. <laughs> Bitches, I'm home. <laughs> I'm being serious. Do, do you ever think like... My lady just left. I got a side chick coming tonight. She knows that. You don't feel bad? You don't feel guilty? I understand. For being I, honest? I understand that you, you, you're you honest. You totally say, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. But a part of you like, well, damn. But hold on. How would you feel if she say, look, okay, Mike, we gonna do this. But you know, hey. Nah. Oh, wow! What you mean, nah? Women are so much more emotional. Man, we could bang 10 women and not have feelings. Women are different. Women are emotional. They cannot do What if she just had, what if she just had one? She don't want 10, she just want one. Nah, she, cause she could, then she have to, if he, she might have to decide between us because she might be emotionally attached and she gonna Okay. No, it's not an agreement. <laughs> the agreement is not for you to have Something you want. This agreement, this is what I came with. Right. If you want that, if you want to do the same thing, then we could just be friends. I can't be putting a ring on your finger while somebody else is bending you over. <laughs> Looking at my ring. <laughs> Man, what's wrong with you? Looking at my tattoos on your, on your back while he tearing you up. You so hold on. <laughs> so did you try to be faithful? Did, when you first met her, you like, okay. Oh no, when I met her, you told about the rip? Oh, when I met her, I had chicks with me. I mean, when I, the first time she met me, the next time we met up, a couple of my other chicks came and we all hung out. Right. And we had, we had fun. I'm, that's just, it's my lifestyle name. You know, I told from the rip. It, it ain't no in between but, nothing. I've been honest from the rip. But Mike, don't you think you like, don't you age out of this? Nah. I'm faithful to her. My dick's not. <laughs> I'm thinking of, look, how, you 45? 47. 47. You don't think, of, okay, what about at 50? Say, so you know what? I've done this. I had a great life. I've had, I've had 37, 30, you know, 33, 34, 35 years of this. You know what? Maybe I'm coming home. I, think, I see that happening by 69, 70. 69? You ain't going to be able to do nothing. You're going to be wheeling you around. Yeah, what you want to do? Wheel you to your side chick? That's when we're going to be together. <laughs> You have yeah. baby, I'm almost dead. I'm all yours. <laughs> Let's get married. Let me ask you this. Talk to me. What made you what made her the one? What made you decide to settle down with her? Cause she was, I guess she was the first one that accepted that. You know, and she's a great woman too. Smart, loving, cook, cook. She does everything. She's just a wonderful you woman. You want kids? Intelligent. Nah, nah. I have. Kids and you know I have kids already. I'm, right now, this is we just having fun. You just having fun. Yeah. You get to travel. You ain't got to worry about. You ain't got to worry about no Google Gaga, little doo doo pampers, all of that stuff. <laughs> Hold on. Yes, talk to me. Is this true? I heard Ben Simmons. You from Philly? Ben mm -hmm. played in Philly. Yeah. Try to holler at one of your chicks. 
You know, not my holler, one of my chicks. I, if it was one of my side chicks, it wouldn't matter. This is to try to holler at my fiance. The one when you I'm with now? With, yes. Oh, did he not know that was your fiance? Knew, hundred percent knew. And the thing about it, when she, when it first happened, when she told me, because I remember one time, you know, me and Ben, you know, he tried to make it seem to her when when she asked him about it, like, "Isn't Mike your friend?" He tried to make it like it, we just like we not, oh, not he not. Hold on, he didn't. Hold on. He denied to me. To try to smash, he, den he denied the friend. He, he denied, denied our friendship. I could show you 20 pictures of me and this guy from the day he got drafted to like us hanging out, parties, days, going to games together. I mean, I would fly out. He was like my homie. He's yeah. like my little young, my little brother, my little light skinned right. brother. But you know, uh, so yeah, he tried to holler. So the first time she told me, because I remember it was during Super Bowl week. That's when the Chiefs played 49ers. It was in Miami. Right. And that same weekend, was I went to the game, to the Super Bowl game, and I think the next day, Sixers played Miami. So I remember going to the game, and after the game, Miami kicked their ass that day. Right. Whooped their ass. So I remember after the game, I was, you know, I was, I stayed afterwards, you know, I was talking to them. That's when he was dating the, one of the um, Kardashians. Kardashians. And I said, hey, Ben. Kendall. You know, meet my, Kendall. I said, hey, meet my girl, meet my lady Ryder, you know, and then, um, we, we know we... So you introduced him? Yes, you introduced him. That was then. Right? Oh, This ain't no situation where he see the chick and like, man, she fly. Ooh, woo. You actually I introduced, introduced him. this guy, right? So, um, but then when we went back to the hotel, she said, Mike, I think he... Mike, he's been in her DM already. But right. He, he's seen her on social media with me. Right. I've hooked him up with a lot of my female friends. Right. He'd be like, he might, hey, who's this chick? I'd be like, I don't worry, I got you. And I hooked him up. Right. I've hooked him up in the past. Yeah. You know? And he knew that was my lady. Right. So I'm not going back to the hotel. She's like, Mike, I think this guy was in my DM. I'm like, I said, he seen me with a whole lot of chicks. He didn't, you know what I mean? He probably just thought you were one of my side chicks, whatever. Right. And we fast forward like months later, this guy's still trying to holler at her. Right? That's when, when she told me, you know, and this, I think, I'm not sure what the situation. I think the, the Jenna girl was done then. And then he tried, he said he tried to holler at me. And, I, and, then, um, and then he tried to use, like he knew she was a real estate agent. Right. So he tried to act like he's trying to buy a house. Buy a house. Just to like for her to come. And then he know, he, he's like, isn't it, you trying to holler at me? Isn't Mike your homie? He said, well, we're not friends like that. And that's when I was, you know, I was pretty much done with him. You know, cause he's seen hold me a million times. I even took her to a party, one of his parties in LA. He knew he was my girl. And guess what? He hasn't played basketball since he tried to holler at my woman, has he? Man, that's dirty. Dirty. So, but y'all not it, cool. I know. So, what, what, what if he say, Mike, my bad, bro? But think about it. He should have, he had opportunities to do that. He'd be like, you know, my bad. You know, I would just, I would, you know what I mean? I would. Yeah, I was drunk, bro. You know, hey, hey, bro. You know, we and you cool. If you, yeah, he had opportunities to do that. But instead, he tried to make it, you know, he tried to make it. More like, you know, I mean, you don't know what's going on, yada, yada. He tried to, uh, man, lost all respect for him. I mean, so I, you glad he got traded? The thing about that, I don't, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I would have traded him for like a, a, a Subway sandwich. <laughs> Six, I'm like, get anything for the guy. Walmart gift card, do anything, just get rid of him. And, you know, I didn't have to roast him anymore. The whole world is roasting him. Right. The whole world. Well, you know, you got James Harden. Mm-hmm. Embiid is, mm -hmm. uh, he might play game three, might not, yeah, might put probably go play. I mean, we worked so hard to get here, you know, and to have him be hurt, you know, and I I don't know what happened. Why this guy was playing with we about 20, what, 
almost 30 points. Almost 30, 29 points with like four minutes to go. Oh, God. I guess when they went to seal that game. Right. They wanted to get it over with, you know. So I can understand that, but goodness, you know, look what happened. But, you know, one man on stop a show. I still expect everybody to step up Mm-mm. and play. Don't but we're not. We're getting our ass kicked every night. So, yeah. you know, Different one thing my heart and MB, though. I mean, that game, that, that game where they did one, Harden did step up. So I think, you know, the pressure is coming on him. Right. You know, he has to take over. You know, um, and I mean, don't get it wrong. He's still not a 25-year-old Harden, too. He's still, you know, 33, 34. Mm-hmm. He's been playing a lot, you know. But we're, stepping, we're expecting him to step it up. You know, game three, whether Embiid is playing or not, at least give us 30 points. Give me 35 points. Do your part. And I think he's going to step up. I, I expect things to change. If they don't I'm going to the game. I'm going to the game on, on Sunday. I'm going to game four. I'll be on, I'm off on Sunday from tour. I'm going to go to game four. And I expect them to, like, I expect them to win game three and four. You home. expect them to? I mean, I hope. That's without Joel and B? You expect them to win without Joe? I mean, the Philly audience is going to, I mean, they're going to have our backs. They're going to have, we. Well, who can make a jump shot in the, audience, in the, in the stands? Can you shoot? In the dark, yes. <laughs> Turn the lights off. I'm winning everything. I'm undefeated at night. Are you an Eagles fan? 100%. 100% Eagles. Okay. Traded for A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. You got Devontae. Jalen Hurts comes back. That's his team. They got, you know, you got you guys got some good picks in the draft this year. Yeah. Kobe Dean, Jordan mm-hmm. Davis. You guys going to beat the Cowboys this year? Yeah, it's all on, I mean, the quarterback has no, no excuses now. <laughs> Give you the receivers you need. Yeah. Give you a hundred million dollar guy. Yep. You still had Devontae. Yep. You know, we still got a decent tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, there's oh no excuse. God. So it's all about now we're gonna really test the quarterback. Are you gonna beat the Cowboys? That's what I need to know. Are you gonna beat the Dallas Cowboys? Is Michael and Cowboys losing to the Eagles this year? They're gonna lose that. We'll definitely beat them at home. I can't tell you what's gonna happen in Dallas. Y'all going to beat them at home? We're going to beat them at home. You know what happened last time that Cowboys played y'all at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what happened. But we didn't have, we didn't have, you know, all the pieces that we have now. You related to Eli Apple? It's my little nephew. Youngest sister's son. You serious? Yes. It's my youngest sister's son. So when they're making me, so how does it make you feel when they're making memes of him? And they be roasting. You know they be roasting more. You you follow him. Yes. So you know they be roasting. Well, you know I I yes and 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 I've told him you know from we came from a very humble place. Right. We came from Africa with absolutely nothing. Right. You know to be where I, to where we are today, you know, is all glory to God, and he has to be a little bit more humble than that. Right. And I, you know, um, Eli, <laughs> you know, he grew up with a single mother, you know, till she got married to the step pop who, right. who helped raise him and right. got him where he is to today. But I think, and she got moving back. I think she's she's moving back where you got the. Yeah, she's she moved to Ghana. She bought a place there. Uh, you know, last time we were there, she bought a place. Right. Um, yeah. So you know, he just he's a. I'm not sure you want to call it cocky. I'm not sure what you want to call it, but I've I've. I've I've, you know, talked to him a few times, like, you know, you can't, my biggest problem I had with him was the whole thing he talked about New Orleans. I'm like, what are you doing? Even the Giants, when he, when he, when it's, when it's over with the Giants, right. I'm like, these guys drafted you 10th pick overall. Right. 
made you a millionaire many Me, times over. Immedi immediately. Like, you have to, even when it was time for you to go, you have to show them respect. Right. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. You know, but he just, you know, he is what he, he's a grown man or he's not a kid. You know, so I can't go answering questions for him. But, you know, I was just, I just want him to be a little bit more humble, especially I didn't like what he said about New Orleans. Right. Being, you know, I'm like, I, you know, they know I mean, I have to go to the city and work. Don't right. be talking crap about no city. These people give you opportunities. Right. You have to, you know, and I think he learned his lesson from right. the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You know, he went to the game, feeling this, and you know, talking about the hill and all of that. Yeah, well, yeah, talk, yeah, you talked about the all of that. I'm like, <laughs> right. I mean, don't get it wrong. He did. He he made some plays. Right. In the playoffs, that helped them got to where they are today. That's but why. But wait till you cross the finish line, please. You start celebrating. You start talking, yes. And you know, hopefully, he learned his lesson. Right. Because you know, he went up there cocky, did all that stuff, and he got humbled. Right. By what's the kid named that day? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Yeah. So, are you a Bengals fan now? Uh, I mean, yeah. I, was, I mean, you got a roof for family. You know, up. I mean, if the Eagles are playing the Bengals, I'd be honest with you, I'd be rooting for the Eagles. What the hell? Y'all like, Wallow, how do you do that? You say that family. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's, I mean, let me Oh, get, you want him to do money. well, but I you want just don't well. want the, you want the if Eagles to If they play my team, I'm cheering for the Eagles. I feel so bad, but that's my heart is that. Right. That's my team. He could move, he could be another city tomorrow. Then what? I'm going to still cheer for the Bengals? I was a Saints fan when he was there, but he's not with the Saints anymore. He's there now. I can't be running my emotions around. <laughs> Treat him like a hoe. <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan first. Eagles is my, my main chick. The rest of the team, he go to are my side chicks. Okay. We know you like side chicks. Mm -hmm. There's another famous comedian from Philly. He's probably the most famous comedian from Philly. Yes. K-Hart. Mm -hmm. You and him had a beef. Yes. What started the beef and have you put it to bed? Yeah, we put it to bed. What started it? Uh, I got a feeling you started it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the hell you mean, yeah, 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 yeah? I mean, you're I supposed mean, to say, nah, I'm, let me tell you what happened. No, no, I didn't start the beef. I, I pretty much, Mike, make fun of everything that happens. That's what I do. Yeah. You know, it goes back to like when I first got on YouTube and social media. It was like 2011. I had a show called Black Friday. I sat on my couch just like you and made fun of everybody that messed up that week. Right. That's what I did. If you did something, I would have lit you up. You know what I'm saying? And it was a situation was when he got caught. In fact, I made fun of him snitching on himself. Because, you know, I guess he had a feeling something about to come out about right. him having an affair. Right. And then he got on, 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 um, on social media, you know, and the way he, he was trying to explain himself prior to the news coming out right. is what I made fun of. I didn't make fun of. Him cheating, I cheat all the time. I, I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? So I can't make fun of people right. cheating, but it's just the way he did it. Me being a comedian. But, but you like, can't cheat, you can't, you can't make fun of the homie. That one you just let slide. You just let that one go, Mike. I mean, uh, yeah, you just let that one go. But then they're going to be like, Mike, you can't be picking and choosing. Yes, you can. Fun of. Oh, no. Yeah, you can't do the everybody, homie. That's the homie. Yeah, everybody was getting the homie. You know what I mean? He just, he just felt like I probably went a little bit more than than everybody else did. His own, his own homie was making fun yeah, of him. Yeah, you know his own homie wasn't out of him. Yeah, man, I make fun of everybody, man. My mom, my dad, they all gonna so get So y'all got together, y'all came together like grown men, squashed this beef? Yeah, we squashed it. It was good. Yeah, yeah, we good. You know, he just, I mean, it, we didn't have to apologize to nothing. You know, we understood. I understood where he was coming from. 
and he understood where I'm coming from because he just know I might just go in and goes right. in and goes in. So we could Kev's my homie. Yeah, Kev, good people. Yeah, I don't know about you. It remains to be seen. I'll let you know at the end of this interview what I think of you. Oh, Meek, that's your homie mm -hmm. from Philly. Mm -hmm. Where you put where you put Meek in the pantheon of rappers? Today's rappers. Oh uh, man, you know Meek. Me and Meek was really, really. We had, we had one point where me and Meek was like not friends either. Right. And you know what it had to do with? What it had to do with a woman? A woman. No, 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 not no, no, not no, no. It had to do with this, this. What I told you before about how sometimes a woman will get you in trouble yeah. without you even knowing. Right. That was that's the exiles where they almost like me and Meek was like good friends. You know, we good now. We right. great now. Right. But we went through a little stomping block. You know why? Because why? This is what happened. I remember that time Meek was going through the thing with Drake. Yeah. Right? Everybody clowning Meek. I wasn't touching. I wasn't. Well, well, if why, I, if why I made. If why I, no, not? No, no, no. I, here's my thing. My thing, I didn't clown him the way people were clowning him. Right. My thing, if I'm going to make a joke about somebody, I'll make sure that person laugh. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm, I'm, I made a joke, but it wasn't nothing in a harsh way. Right. You know, so I remember um, it was it was not a great time in his life because you know that whole thing with, with the, the song that he made and the one Drake made, whatever. So I remember going to a Christmas benefit, right, in Philly, and then you know they took a picture. Meek was there, I was there. We took a picture, you know, and then I remember got in the car, was driving, and my lady at the time, I said, "Hey, post this picture for me on IG, and just put it on there." Um, me, Nikki's boyfriend, he was dating Nicki Minaj at that time. Right. He said, put Nikki's boyfriend and just leave it as that. Keep it simple. Because right. I, I, pretty much what I was trying to tell him is like, hey, Nikki's more important than you. Right. You know, I was keeping it nice and simple and, right. you know, in a cool way right. where he's not, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't touching the whole Drake thing. Right. Because that's like career type of thing. Right. You know, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to fuck up nobody's money. Right. So I just... This woman types on there because I think she didn't like Meek. And I didn't know that till she typed in there. Something about, she, whatever they ended with, um, the dude that Drake d destroyed or something. What? My God. So I have no clue. I'm driving. All of a sudden, my phone's going crazy. It's like Meek's people that I'm cool with. They let, you know, I'm getting threats. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? I looked, I'm like, what you post this for? I didn't tell you to do that. These are my people, you're gonna have me, you have put me in a jam. Right. What you do that, you know? And then like right away, I, like, I was so pissed at her. That's how sometimes, you know, your partner could get you in some serious Yes. Shit. You know, and but I was also the one that kind of like made things a little bit better. I remember even at that point, 50 tried to go and I think I made a joke. And then it kind of like squashed everything because whatever I joked I made, he reposted it. Right. And then we know from there we've been, we've been Good since then, you know what I mean? But like, I never talked about it before. I know I talked about it once on like a big interview because even though my lady did it, I didn't tell the guy, so I didn't do this. Right. You know, I was gonna act like a little bitch, like, oh, my lady did that. I was gonna put it on her. I'm just right. be like, you know, I'm a comedian. Everybody, you know, just, it's a joke, you know, whatever. I'm like, what you do that for? Hey, but, you know? but she couldn't ride no more. She died at the end of the Oh, it was, it was getting to the night. end of our relationship. I'm like, this woman here would get me killed. Yeah. No man need to be the woman that could get him murdered. Right. Hold on, how did 
you how did you end up on Joe Brown? Coach uh Joe that was, That's a long time ago. So yeah, I had um so it was back, in fact, you know what it happened? It happened it, it happened the same week Michael Jackson passed away. Okay. Because I remember I was, um, that's when I went to the court. But originally I had a show book with these guys in um, somewhere in Indiana, some college. Right. And when they called me to do the show, after I took a deposit and everything, a week later I got a phone call from Martin Lawrence. He was doing a show called First Amendment. Mm -hmm. It was a stand-up comedy show that came on... Um, I want to say f stars came on stars, I think. Okay. And you know, as an artist, television is always more important than a you know a regular appearance. Even a regular appearance might be paying twice the amount. Right. When you get on you get TV, in front of TV, yeah, it's you worth more. Right. Every time you become on TV, your price go up. Right. And we had we, the, the right choice to do is to you know cancel a regular show for a television show. Right. You know, I canceled the show with the guys. You know. Um, you send the deposit back. Well, no, I didn't send the deposit back because I was replacing myself with two other guys. I got two for the price of one. Yeah. No, 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 that, that, that wasn't the agreement. They didn't, they, didn't send, they didn't send you the deposit for you to send two other guys. They sent the deposit for you. But they got the, they had a, it was at the point where they pretty much had too much, no choices. The show is in like a week, you know, and I thought I'd send them two good caliber comedians. Mm -hmm. You know, and the deposit really goes towards, you know, it's, it's usually half the money. So some has to go to travel and hotel. Right. And then the artist himself, whoever. Right. So pretty much, you know, most of that deposit was going to go to whoever I was replacing myself with. Right. They agreed to it. And then when they realized that it, their audience got upset after the show because they didn't get Michael Blackson, that's when they decided to sue. Right. So when you have a lawsuit, a lot of time, you know, a court TV show with contact. Yeah. Cause they'll get a hold of those papers. They'll get a hold of those things from the courts. Right. And they'll ask you, hey, you rather bring this here? We'll fly you in, you know, make sure right. you're good. And so I decided, you know what? I'd rather go to TV court than go somewhere in Indiana. Right. And I ain't want no problem over in Indiana. Right. So I chose television. Did you win? No, nah, nigga. I ain't win. Yeah. yeah. But you thought you, you thought you was going to win? I mean, I, I, hey, he, my thing, I thought he accepted what I gave him, you know, he had no choice. Back was against the wall. He had yeah, no choice yeah. but to accept it. But he got his money, man. He got my new suit. Hold on. I lost the case. Eh, it was a long time ago. Give me one word to describe Philly. Oh, God. I, you know what? I love Philly. You out here in L.A. more than you in Philly. Yeah, no, Philly. If I never moved to Philly, we would not be sitting here right now. You ain't moving back to Philly. I got a house in Delaware, which is like suburb of Philly, tax purposes. You, know, I got, you got to be smart with your money. Yeah. But, you know, I go, home every, I go home every time. I got a home there, and I go home at least once a month. But, I mean, we come to Hollywood because to get to the next level. Right. You know, it's not going to happen there. I right. mean, Will Smith moved here. Kevin Hart, everybody moved. Because you, you're right here. Everything that you need to do. It's the, right here. Yeah, the But Philly, um, how can I describe Philly, man? Passionate. Right. The fans are passionate. The people are passionate. Uh, it, it's a great city. You know, um, Philly changed my life. You know, if, uh, you know, as I say, my first stomping ground was Newark, New Jersey. Newark was rough, you know, and Newark is where I got roasted the most. It's where I, you know, by the time I got to Philly, I already knew 
what it took to fit in. Right. So when I got to Philly, it was a little bit more easier, but my mother was able to get a job in Philly. I was able to get a job at 15 years old. Things were a little bit easier in Philly than it was in Jersey. Right. So when I got to Philly, I felt more at home. Right. You know, so Philly, I have nothing but love for Philadelphia for the rest of my life. Growing up, you're from Ghana, if I'm not mistaken, right? Ghana, Liberia, you know, those are my two countries. Okay. And I see you go home, you go home a lot. Yeah. I fell in love with Ghana all over again, man. You know, I mean, what probably did it, you know, with all, especially with the whole thing that went down with Joy Floyd, all that stuff that went down, it made me feel like, you know, I mean, maybe Africa is where we really, is where I need to put my concentration on. Because at one point I felt like, you know, was America really for black people? Right. I felt that way at one time, you know, but it was emotional with everything that was going on, you know, and I sat and I thought about everything, you know. And I was like, you know, let me get a home at home just in case right. I need to run away. So I got a home there. I go home every other month. Well, I, I, but I, the I, most important thing I'm doing at home is I'm building a school. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. You can find all the fucked up shit and you can find well, one. Well, I'll tell you what I, what I did. <laughs> oh, hello. You got a home in Delaware. You got a home in Philly. You got a home in Ghana. I'm all about right. to start telling jokes. I'm about to, get me a, I'm about to start telling me some jokes. Y'all, I ain't got but one home. You got three. So? You hating? I'm building a school in Ghana. Did you know that? I'm giving back. I'm building a school in the village. Now, one thing about Ghana, on most of Africa, you know, we have like government schools, which is considered public schools, and they have private schools. Right. Government schools are the ones supposed to be free, but it's still got a few expenses here and there. Right. You know, those fill up fast or they're overcrowded with kids. And then if you don't get any time and you can't afford to go to school, guess what happened? You don't go to school. Right. You just hang around the marketplace, help your mother, whatever. Right. So I said to myself, you know. You're going to set I, up a school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a private school and let all the kids get a scholarship. How many, how many, how many students will be allowed to go to your school? 200. I'm looking. It's, it's going to be equivalent to like first to ninth grade. They recently made 10th, 11th, 12th grade free. Okay. So I'm like, let me go to the one that's not free. Right. Which is first to ninth. And maybe 25 kids per class. Right. And then let them all get a scholarship, you know, where I'll be, I'll be pretty much paying for this out of my pocket. I'll that's be, amazing. Yeah. You'll be blessed for that. Did you, did, you, did you always want to do that? What made no. you decide to say, you know what, I want to build a school? This is why I did it. So when I came to the States, I didn't get to go back to Africa till about um, I mean, 15 years later. Wow. I went 15 years right. without seeing my brothers and sisters. Okay. You know, because it was, people don't understand, you know, this, this thing is easy. Right. Especially coming from a a black continent. To come to America is the hardest place to get a visa to. Yeah. I'm at one point, I finally made some money after doing Next Friday. I bought all my brothers and them plane tickets to come to America. They went to go get a visa and they got denied. You get denied 90% of the time. Jamaicans get, you know, any, when you're coming from a black country, right. Europeans don't need visa to come here. Right. You know, when you're coming from a black country, you have to prove that you're going to take your ass to help back. They you're have to back. know that you're going to go back. So how they know that? You gotta like, if you're married, your wife gotta be there, you gotta have kids, and you, have, you have to show you have money in that bank. You have a reason to go back. Right. You know, but you can't prove all of those, you get denied. So it took me 15 years to go back, because of course I, I had stuff from nothing, I had no money. I had, you know, once I was able to make right. some money, I said, let me go and see my people. Right. So I went back, 
And then um, that had to be a big change. Fifteen years, was, people change. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of change in fifteen days. There's a lot of change in well, a year. Fifteen years. At that moment, where I went to in my you know my little town or or close, it's a town. It's not quite a village. Right. It's close. It's look villagey enough. And I remember being at this place as a as a little kid. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was like three years old. I remember being there. I remember three years old. And when I went back. I actually went back there at eight years old again, but when I went back 25, 15 years later, it looked the same wow. to me. Uh -huh. You know, then I remember going to the marketplace to buy stuff, and I'm like, I see kids in the marketplace during school hours. So I'm like, I'm like, why are these kids not in school? Right. Then I found out that the, the government schools fills up, right. they can't afford to go to school, so they're just out here helping their mothers sell Shrink fruit or whatever they're veggies. doing. So I'm like, okay, so I went to the, the nearest school, the local school at that time. This was, in, this was the year 2001. I just did the movie next Friday. Right. So I went to the local school. I'm like, you know, what did it cost to go to school? And I found out it was, at that time, it was about $80 a year for a kid to go to school. I'm like, we spent that shit at the bar. Right. You know, so I remember going back and like grabbing like four kids, talking to their parents. I'm like, you know, let me pay for their school for the next whatever amount of year. It wasn't much. $2,500, whatever it was, right. cost me. And I paid for them to go to school. And I'm like, then I, then I started thinking about, I need to do something about this. Yeah. You know, I can't go pay for every, every kid to go to school. Maybe one day I would build my own school. And when I got to the point where I was able to do it, which is now, decided to make it happen. You, you're the 13th child. No, my, mother, my mom have eight kids. I'm number five. What the hell? Hold on. It says you have 13. Are you sure? 13. That's what, that's what I that's came what. to America at 13 years old. Maybe that's what that is. Nah, my mother had two children. Are you the youngest of eight? I'm the youngest son. Son. I'm the youngest son of older, oldest, the oldest is a boy. The oldest is a boy. He's not been to America. He's uh Frank have a kid every week. In fact, his wife is probably pregnant right now. This is the, he's a brokest father, father foot man on earth. This guy, I go every time I go and visit, Mike, I have a new son. <laughs> Did he, does he ever say, Mike, I got a new job? <laughs> never, never a new job. It's, Mike, look at your nephew. You just want some money. But yeah, I'm the youngest son of eight. I have two younger sisters. Annie. That's Annie, who's Eli's mom, and right. then Dorcas. How many of your brothers and sisters are in America? Uh, let me see. The other one I was here moved back. The only other one that um, two are here. One, one goes back and forth. You know, he's always this, every family is one slow guy. Right. You know, David's a slow one. You know, he goes back and forth. He always act like he's doing something. He's running a mission or he's doing things. I'm like, David, whatever, you know. But yeah, but two mother brothers are here. Uh, just, you know, and they all, the crazy mother, they all live in homes that I've given them. Every one of my brothers lived in homes that I've given them. Back in Ghana? Or Philly, Philly, yeah. Philly. Philly, like my, my David lived in my first home. Right. Um, Joseph, who moved back, he lived in my other home. Uh, Gabriel lived in, lived in my home that I, he, he lived there for four years. I said, and I gave him four years. You know, he was going to through some- situated. He got situated. He was right. going through some st stuff. I said, he said, you know, I'm struggling. I said, okay, no problem. You know, I'm going to be spending time in Cali, stay in his house, you know, five bedroom house with your family, you know, and 
three years into it, I was like, you know, your wife working, you working, you live for free for four, for three years. I'm gonna give you one more year. I'm, you know, you have to. I'm gonna need my house back. Right. And he, he, I, you know, he eventually left out after the when the time was up. He's mad at me because he's no more free living. But you gave him, you gave him four years. Of gave him four years and bought an SUV for him to do Uber. Like I bought my Suburban. Right. Cash money, I like that. You know, get your family back together. He eventually traded it in for another car. But you know what it is? It's like I've done my good. That's right. why I'm blessed. Right. You know what I mean? I've done everything I could do what God touched me to do. You know. Man, I'll be watching your IG, man. And that stuff you be eating, bro, the chicken feet. I mean, I've eaten chicken feet growing up. Mm. But I, I, you know, I kind of lost my taste for them, you know, once I started Where getting Well, you chicken? You from the South South? I'm from the South South. Yeah, I rural South Georgia. Is it, is it still slaves here or they all free? <laughs> they, they free. Is it on the they, map? Because I, I think I saw it. I went there one they, time and looked at the, I looked on the map and it's like, it's not here no more. <laughs> the town is still there. <laughs> Yeah, I love chicken feet. I like fish eyes. When I buy why, yeah, why? Come on, bro. I can't, eat, I can't eat the fish with the head on. Cut the head fish off. Fish brains, too. Cut the head off. No, no. That's the best part of the fish. Is no, it ain't. Oh, man. Come on, come Mike. On, man. All eyes on me, man. <laughs> eye for an eye. Is that, is that the only time that you get to eat like that is when you go back home? Or do I you eat fish eyes in America. But when I go home, man... I can't wait to go out. I'm on tour. This tour is over uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend. I'm going home for like three weeks. I'm going to eat my African food every day. Bang my African side chicks. You ain't got no African side chicks. I got African side chicks. Hold on. Ain't nobody going to be waiting for you to come back once, once a year, twice a year. Ain't nobody wait like that. They wait. No, they're not. No, they're not. They wait for the Mutombo. No, they ain't no Mutombo. Not in the house of Mutombo. They ain't waiting for the Mutombo. They waiting for their hysterectomy and their blood infection. It's on its way. Your so, so, so in Ghana, what's a, a, a typical Ghana dish? Uh, fufu. The thing with um, yeah, what is what what actually is fufu? Well, fufu is doesn't really have a taste. Okay, fufu is like doughy. You know, there's different ways of making. Is that, it. You, you, that's what y'all be eat with your hand? Yeah, fufu. The thing with fufu is not about fufu. It's about this different soup you make to go with it. Okay. My favorite soup is peanut butter soup. Soup. What kind? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. The thing about it, when they cook peanut butter soup, you won't even you won't even know it's peanut butter soup. Yeah, peanut butter soup. You have like light soup, which is like a pepper soup with tomatoes, paste, and then you have like palm nut soup, okra soup. There's so many different soups you make with. What what meat? Different meat. Go goat. Add some cow, chicken, some fish. Okay. You know, so the taste is not in the fufu itself. The taste is more in a different soup you right. eat with. Yeah, see, I'm more, I'm more of a meat. I don't, I, don't, I don't really care for the soups. I want, I want to get filled up on meat. You a meat guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. You could, um, you have a good. Have you been to Africa? I have not. No country at all. No. That's. I, I think that's my. How you look like us, but never been there. <laughs> Actually, you I would tra- fit right in. I man. know. I, hey, I trust. I trace my ancestry. I'm 90% Nigerian. Yeah, I could tell. Nigerians are like, you know, the real big. <laughs> yeah, you definitely 90%. 90%. More like 99. <laughs> You know, you just came from Nigeria. <laughs> I will go. Let me ask you a question. What, is there a city in America that you've been to, like, okay, this kind of reminds me. I mean, because I know early on that, yeah, you do big venues now, but I know there were times when you were growing up, the venues weren't always like they like are now. in the now. city where you're from. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what, is there any city that what? Reminds you of where you're from. Mississippi, I'm just kidding, man, nah. <laughs> um, no, 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 Ghana is very beautiful. In fact, most I mean, Africa has really, 
you know, develop. Ghana especially is a great place to vacation. You know, it's one of the most peaceful countries in Africa. Uh -huh. Never been a civil war. Never, Ghanaians are very peaceful people. Food is great. Nightlife is good. I mean, I look at Ghana as like the Dubai of Africa. You know, people. So what is Joburg? I, I thought I thought Joburg. I thought South Africa. Eh, that's 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 white Africa. <laughs> no disrespect to South Africans, please. I want to come there and do a show, but that's where I'm going. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. Ah, you, you, maybe I go to West Africa. Well, no, no. no I, I'm, I, I, okay. This is where I want to go. I want to go to. I want. Obviously, I got to go. I want to go to Robbins Island. I want to go to Kenya. Okay, Kenya is good. Kenya. Um, um, I've never been to Kenya. That's east. I've been to Ethiopia. Yeah, that was nice. I know. Like, I want to do Kenya. I want to do Tanzania. Yeah. You know. I want to do safari. Okay. I, so I think I'm, I'm, think I'm, I'm lining it up for my 55th birthday. So yeah, you got to make it to like Ghana or Nigeria, you know. Bro, I ain't got like, bread like that. I can't be staying over there. You have to think I'll be staying for a month. You ain't got to stay for a month. Just go spend like, a, you know, four or five days in every city, every country. You know, go to Lagos. Did I just tell you I ain't got no bread like that? Seriously, man? Yeah. What you do with all your NFL money, dog? You, you smoking rat? <laughs> you smoke your money? You got nah, a family problem? I got, got kids. Like, like you do, I got, I got to take care of the family. I got kids. Got a daughter in med school. So she wasn't smart enough to get a free scholarship. What, what, what happened, man? She got, no. She didn't get no scholarship. Yeah, me. I was a scholarship. You a scholarship. Yeah. That's messed up, man. So let me ask you a question. I'm what talking. was your perception of America before you got to America? Oh, uh, man, I thought y'all wash your hands with soda and wipe your ass with money. <laughs> I came here, that's some bullshit. Man, we work just to pay bills. Yeah, that's what most American families do. My goodness, I'm like, my family back home thinking, you know, we here turning up is, man, I mean, it's different now. Right. You know, but like when we, my mother worked at McDonald's. Right. When we came in, we ate all the leftover food she brought over. But that was good. I guess you don't like McDonald's. I guess you don't like McDonald's now. 36 days in a row. I don't want, I don't want to see another burger in my life, okay? <laughs> I hate, hate Big Mac, 36 days in a row. The transition. Mm-hmm. Africa, you like, okay, got this culture. It's totally different. It's not like you move from one African country to another one. Right. You move to a whole, whole different, different country, a whole different way of life, a whole different way of thinking. I landed in New Jersey, and I landed in New York. The plane landed in JFK, and then I remember I was going to, to Newark. My mother is an evangelist, so she right. traveled the world preaching the gospel. Right. That's how she met friends in America. And that's how I was able to- What happened to you? Man, you know what happened to preacher kids? Yeah! Uh, preacher kids are the devil. <laughs> but um, that's how we ended up here. You know, the gospel brought us here and comedy's gonna get us out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I landed early April. It was about 30 degrees. Yes. I went from heat to like a refrigerator, a right. freezer. I'm like, what is this? I hit my first week in America, I was ready to go back home. Does it get cold in Africa? How cold does no. it get? No, like spring is 90 degrees. Winter is 85. <laughs> Summertime is hell. <laughs> nah, we don't. We have rainy season, at least in West Africa. Right. South Africa, you know, it might snow. Right. It might get cold. But where I'm from is like rainy and dry season. Right. Either it's going to be rainy or it's going to be dry. So when it rains, you know, it, the temperature might go down to 83. That's our winter. Explain. When did you want to get into fashion? When did you want to do clothes? Say, you know what? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Michael Blackson. This is this is who I am. It started from when I came to America. So when I came here, mind you, I left Af I left. Oh, so like Af coming to America, you were there to burn. You was with Zamunda. No, nah, it's not Zamunda. <laughs> Eddie came rich. I came. I was a homeless African. Okay, Eddie came here with money and coming to America. Right. All right. So with me, um, when I was a kid in Africa, all I remember is girls like guys with new clothes. Right. Whenever you got a brand new clothes, that's how you get the girls. Right. You know, and I remember, it, it, we didn't care about brands. Things have changed now. Right. Back then, there was, we, didn't, we didn't care about brands. We didn't care about Versace and, right. you know, Gucci and Nike right. and Puma, all that right. stuff. As long as it was brand new girls, like, oh my God, he has new clothes. And next you know, you got a girlfriend because you got a new outfit. Right. At 13 years old. Right. I came to America, I thought it was the same thing. So mind you, my mother worked at McDonald's. She made $50 a week. And I remember her taking me school shopping before school. Right. You know, my mother bought me some um, sneakers in Pathmark. Pathmark is a grocery store. Right. <laughs> she bought chicken and bought sneakers. <laughs> I was wearing chicken-flavored sneakers. <laughs> my first pair of sneakers was called In Action. Right. All right? But I didn't care. I didn't know. Right. All I care was brand new. Brand it's new. never been worn. Right. She went to McCrory's. Remember McCrory's? Yeah. It's like a Woolworth, whatever. Yes. Mm -hmm. Bought me, she was in the church, so she bought me some dress pants and church shirt. But it was brand new. Right. So I remember I got dressed. All you home. cared about it was brand, brand new. Brand new. I'm, here I am, I went home, got my new clothes, my first day of school, I'm about to shit on all these haters. <laughs> brand new in actions. My church pants and my church shirt. Yeah. Brand new. I even left the tag on it so they know it's new. <laughs> Tag says $6.99. <laughs> I went to school uh -oh. and the kids started laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing at? They said, what the hell you got on? I said, what you mean what I have on? This is brand new. It's never been worn. <laughs> Man, it lit my ass up. I was roasted for two years. We couldn't afford Nike. We wanted like, they wanted $30 for them things. Right. You know, and Two years later, I was able to get a job as a kid selling candies door to door. I remember this one guy I used to like, I don't know how I got hooked up with it. Maybe somebody from school, whatever. Right. And they said, this guy take us to like rich neighborhoods, mm -hmm. rich white neighborhoods, and we go lie to them pretty much. Right. You know, we sell a box of candy that, you know, that's costing maybe 50 cents a box. We'll go knock on these rich people's door. Hey, I'm Michael Blackson from the Mount Calvary Youth Court. I'm here to start a church. Mount Calvary, mind you, it's not like a church, but this yeah. guy was Muslim. Yeah. He was a Muslim yeah. man, taking us to it, and we saying church. Make a long story short, we sold these candies for um, $3.50 a box, and we made 75 cents out of every box that we sold. Right. So I started making my $75 a week, and I saved my money. I had to give my half to my mother. That's what, one thing we did in Africa. As kids, Oh, yeah, you got to help pay bills. You can't just... You give half the money to your mom. So yeah. I gave half to my mom, saved the other half. And I remember I went and got my first pair of Wrangler jeans. Ooh, Wrangler. Indeed. Not Lee, not Levi's, not Calvin Klein. You had the Wranglers. So now I went to, uh, was it 10th grade in Barringer High New in Newark, New Jersey. I remember going to school in 10th grade. I remember my first, I had Reebok. I remember my first pair of Reebok. And then I had my Wrangler jeans, Lee jeans. Lee jeans and some Latigra shirt. All of a sudden now, people want to, I'm, I have friends now, that nobody's roasting me anymore. So I said to myself, man, whenever I make money, 
I'm be the baddest dressed. I'm gonna be dressed to the nine. So is that so? Mm -hmm. When the kids that were roasting you, did you know you always wanted to be a comedian? Did you know you were always funny? Never. I had no idea this would come. On my fell on my lap. I remember coming to, um, we was about to move to Philly. I remember my sister came first. The reason why I came a week later, because while I was in Jersey, I was a smart kid. In fact, one time I remember being, I remember my last year in, I went to a junior high. So the junior high was like seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. So right. I graduated in ninth grade. I remember the ninth grade, first semester, I remember getting A's and B's, and I remember one time getting on a bus. And this school bully found out everybody had good grades. This guy sucker punched the hell out of me because I had good grades. I'll never forget that. Okay. You know, and then, um, what, the hell did, that, that, what the hell does that mean? Right. You still got a concussion? No, I didn't get it. Oh, but okay. <laughs> I hope you would have smacked me a night because you would have seen nothing. You would have probably shadow boxed. <laughs> it was broad daylight, right? <laughs> so I've been bullied my whole life. But so um, I didn't, so the reason why. I had good grades. That's why I came to good grades. And, I, and during that summer, I was in a pre-college program. Right. So it was all the smart kids went to like, it was like NJIT. All these different colleges had smart kids for the summer. Right. And we were all invited to be an extra in the movie Lean On Me. Yeah. Lean On Me, yep. Morgan Freeman. Yep. And, um, Dr. Clark. Mr. Clark. Free Mr. Clark. That's my line. Free Mr. Clark. No, 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 no. Ha, 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 ha. That's my line. Okay. I pay seventy five dollars a day. I'm rich, and then um, so I had to wait a week because I was doing that movie. Right. And so I remember coming to Philly, and I remember when the movie came out. You know, I was an extra. People were like recognize. Like, was you movie lean on me? I'm like, yeah, yes. I, you know, so it gave me that first stardom thing. That right. Thing of being a, you know, but I still wasn't thinking about comedy. comedy that's where the TV came in. Like, man, eyeballs. People see. They recognize, okay. And I remember my, so my last year, I think the comedy started coming out my last year of 11th grade when I was about to go to 12th grade. So now you're about to go from a junior to a senior. You yes. want to make a name for yourself. When you're a senior, you want everybody to know you. So I remember the 11th grade, the last year, we had like a talent show. Right. And I remember um, the funniest guy in the school didn't end up being a comedian. So we did this thing called the Arsenio Hall Show. Right. So he was Arsenio, and I played a guest. I played Nelson Mandela. And I remember being a guest, and I started talking, like, try to talk like Nelson. Mm -hmm. That's when the comedy kind of started a little bit. And then, um, mind you, I was working at um, my job in Philly. I worked at Domino's Pizza from, like, age 15. Started off answering the phones, learned how to deliver pizzas on a bike. I ended up, eventually ended up being a manager. And, like, I didn't leave there until I was, like, 22 years old when I got fired. Right. You got fired? How you I got get fired? To... I get to that. Okay. Nigga. So um, I'm all been working at Domino's and, and I was uh at this point I was I'm like 21, I was a manager. Mm -hmm. I was hiring and firing. I remember I hired this guy and he he took the job as a part-time job to make tips. A lot of people did the job for tips every night. They make 30, 40, 50 bucks a night. Right. And this guy was an acting teacher at the Philadelphia Community College. And then he hung around me all the time. He's like, Mike, you funny, man. You should go to open mic. I'm like, what is that? He said, that's where you know you start off. He said, I help you get your first five minutes together. So you know, help me. He said, we want to. What's why? Tell me about yourself. And then we put our first five minutes together, and I started going to open mic. And uh, this was like summer of '93, '94. And it started from there. Started from there. 
How did you get fired from Domino's? Well, at that point, I was taking comedy more serious than my job. Okay. You know, I was a manager. I remember um, going to New York to do this thing called the Uptown Comedy Club. Yep. It was on TV, on UPN. Mm -hmm. I did appearance on it. And then my, my assistant manager didn't show up to work. So the store didn't open. And that's, that happened to be the same day the general managers decided to show up. A lot of these, lot of these fast food franchises, the big bosses just shows up anytime they want. Right. Just to catch you off guard. Right. You know, and they happen to show up, show up this day that nobody's store is not open, nobody's there, and then it, was a, it wasn't a corporation, it was a franchise, so they could make their own decisions and right. fired me because I wasn't there to run the store. And because my assistant didn't show up, it was my responsibility. So I lost my job and had a stuff. I mean, I was doing really good. At that point, I was making about 20000 a year. That's good money yeah. in 1994. Right. You know, so I had to start all over. My car got repossessed. I had to move back home with my mother. I had to start all the way from the bottom up. And, you know, and uh, start all over. How did that, how did the bullying, how did that impact you? Because you say you, you're smart because you got good grades. He sucker punched you. Yeah. Did it make you go into a shell like, I don't want anyone to know. Let me just do, com let me just tell jokes, keep people laughing. Oh, no, that was way before, I mean, comedy. That was, well... I mean, it just made me, that was my first bullying experience in America. Right. I'm like, damn, these people are so mean. Right. Somebody just came and sucker punched me for no reason. Right. That's all of that. I felt that when Chris Rock got smacked, all that, it just, it's just a bad feeling. I hate bullies. Right. I hate people, anybody that bully anybody. That's, a, that's my, ugh. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, the reason why I mentioned that whole thing was because I was trying to get to how I end up in the movie Lean On Me. Right. Because I was a smart kid. Right. And I remember that happening to me because I was smart. Right. When you first started, you wore the Shiki you on stage barefooted. Mm. Yes. Why? I think with anything you do, any job, it takes about three years to know exactly where you want to go. How, if you're in the NFL, three years into the NFL, you should be good. Right. You should know exactly what type of player you are. You're not going to know the first year, second year. That, right. It's something about three years. Right. So it was three years into my comedy. Prior to me going barefoot with a dashiki, I dressed regular, you know, and I talk regular because I didn't use a lot of energy. When I, when I go on stage now, I use a lot of energy. Yes. For some reason, when I use energy, my accent just comes out. Yes. Tell me to the, you know, but I was more calm. You know, my jokes was real different when I started. My jokes were like, I was real skinny. I was like half this size. I'll go on stage and be like, How you living? What you mean? You only weigh hundred pounds right now, so you fifty pounds. <laughs> I was fifty-eight. Don't take away my eight pounds, motherfucker. But I remember I'll go on stage. I was so skinny. I'll go on stage and be like, "Slim fast really works." And I open my arms, right? right? And I was like, uh, "When I first came to America, all my friends tried to make me feel at home, so they didn't feed me for a month." It was like real calm jokes, right? right? And I would just. So I remember three years into comedy, I was on stage some hood place in Philly called Morgan's in like Germantown part of Philadelphia. And I'm on stage and I made fun of like a family member, like my uncle or something. And I talked with the accent. I brought my uncle accent out. Right. And everything I said in that accent was extra funny. Right. Everything I said in it. And I'm like, damn, they laugh at everything in the accent. Why don't I just talk like that? Right. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to talk like this, I got to put this clothes on. Right. 
nah, I don't need no shoes. Let me take my shoes off. I'm be the village. And then my career went up. You know, but then, you know, then maybe 2013 is kind of like when I killed it. Right. So I, I wore it, I did the dashiki from like, we're talking about like 2000, mm, 1999. Right. 99 to like 2010 ish. You know, then when social media came out, I made a name for myself right. and then I started to be more vulgar. I went from like that clean comic to like, right. What's really in me, right? You know, and when that's when I started doing that, I didn't feel right cussing in my African God. Right. It was too royal. It was right. Too respectful. Right. You know, I'm, I'm gonna take this off and I'm gonna be myself. Right. And that's why I'm like this now. Ti, um, big time entertainment, king of the trap. Uh, we know what he is and on that side of the entertainment. Recently, he decided to go embark upon your side of the entertainment. Yeah. Got booed. Um, I don't know if T.I. had ever been booed before. When you had the success that he's had, he probably didn't get booed. Mm -hmm. What advice, I, I think I saw you. Um, I did a lot, IG Live went right since it happened. We yeah. went live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talked about it. What, 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 advice, what advice would you give him? Because me, I'm a type of guy, if I ain't good at something, I ain't gonna be able to do it. I, I, can't, I can't do it. Well, no, with comedy, the greatest have been booed. You ain't make it till you've been booed. Everybody has been booed. But here's the thing. You hadn't made it in something else and been successful at that. Most comedians ain't been successful at something else. Yeah, it's easy to get booed when you've never had the level of success that he's enjoyed. Yeah, but he's, in a whole, he's going to a whole different type of gig, you know? Uh, guess and, what? In the wrong city. Booing, you, booing in the comedy club sounds the same as booing on the football field. Boo, you suck! Yeah, it sounds the same. Well, New York is a rough place. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the thing about it is um, he needed that to realize that, you know, this is not... It's not a joke now. You're doing it, yeah. You know, so he learned from it. And honestly, since then, he's been, you know, he got better. My, you know, but he think he's been so successful in what he does. Right. You know, so he's very cocky about it. Right. You know, and I understand, and I see that because and most comedians don't wait this late to get started, though. No, no, they don't. But even if they do, you know, we, you go through a process. But it's different now. Nowadays, you know, you could just start doing skits. Let's go to the new comics now. You start doing skits, and next thing you know, you end up being a comedian. Right. People that are successful in that, like DC Young Fly. Right. He was a guy that just started off roasting people, and now he's a hell of a comedian. Right. Yeah. You know, proud of him, love this kid. And I remember when he started seven years ago. You know, he was on there making fun of everybody. And then he, me and him he roasted each other. And like now, he's on tour with me. He's on the tour. Right. And he's helping selling tickets. He's the biggest, probably the, the, the one with the biggest influence on the tour because right. he has 11 million followers. Right. Um, T.I., he's a superstar. And, you know, and um, so he's going to get the respect. Right. You know, he's gonna get the respect as a star. You know, but he can't take advantage of it. You gotta still understand he's trying to do comedy here. Right. You know, my biggest advice to him was like, you know, start off hosting a show. When you're a host, there's no pressure. Right. You know, you go up there, crack a couple of jokes, bring on the next comedian. Right. But he know he just so he wants to, he's ready to headline. Right. And so he has to learn, you know, he has to learn um the hard way. And I think that booing humbled him. Yes and brought him to reality, and he had to go back to the drawing board. And the following day, he was 
in Atlanta performing, and he did well. What do you like most about touring? Uh, I mean, I guess making money. That's, uh, it's a job now. Right. Don't get wrong, I enjoy, I 100% right. enjoy telling jokes and making people laugh. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I've been doing this 27 years. I, I, I performed last night in Long Beach and like, you know, it's just a great feeling, getting right. on stage and making people laugh. You know, I feel like a doctor, I'm a therapist. You know, you're feeling bad, you come out to a comedy club, you have a seat, and it will make you feel better, make you forget about your problems. Till you get home, then you're on your own, mother sucker. What's your worst purchase? You seem like a guy, you're extravagant, you like to dress up, you like nice things. I see you, know, you be suited and booty, you talk about your eyes. What was your wor what's the worst purchase Michael Blackson ever made? Damn. And now, the thing about it, I'm not the... I, <laughs> I'm trying to think, you know, was the was the worst purchase in my life? God, I'm trying to think if I bought something that depreciated, I can't. I can't think of. I mean, so, gotta be something expensive, right? Yeah. You know, I can't even say my car, and I know I spent a lot of money for my car. But you, you know, have leased it. No, I, I, I'm African. Okay, they lease things too. Here's the thing, okay. Um, we live in Hollywood. We live in whatever, you know. And now I understand why these guys fake it to make it because you know, a lot of these guys come out if they will go rent a Rolls Royce and get an Airbnb for a house, take a picture and act like they own it, and then do all of that because. We're in an era where nobody respects you or care about you if you don't have anything. Mm -hmm. You know, so a lot of time, you know, we do things for a reason. Like, people only respect you by what they think you're worth. Right. If I'm coming to a meeting trying to get some money, if I drive up there with a Rolls Royce, whatever this guy was planning on paying me, it just went up $20,000. You know what? By looking at his car, she's not going to take this offer. I got to pay him this. You know? If I decide to invite you to my penthouse, if you're trying to pay me $10,000, now you're like, oh, I got to pay this guy 20. You know, and we do everything for an, everything's an image. People respect you by what to see. Nobody care about Brooke, man. If you ain't got nothing, nobody want to be around you. Right. It's a shame, but that's the world we live in. You know, so I'm not, I don't regret any materialistic thing that I've, right. that I've done. Right, because everything was done for a reason. Everything was done for a reason. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when my kids are ready for college, they'll be able to go to college. I don't need anything. Whatever I want, I could get it. You know, I'm, I'm giving back yeah, at the school. same time. You know, so I, there is no, not been any bad purchase. You know, I came close to one time, but I didn't go through with it. I, for some reason, I've been pretty good with, you know, dealing with money. Right. And don't get it wrong, I never went to college. It's just that, just from being a kid and penny pitching everything and giving mother half the money, just know how to save money. Because that's what we did as kids. You, you don't, in America, you guys, you could just have a million dollars in the bank, but you'll go and get you a five million dollar house. Like, what you doing that for? Right. You know, where I'm from, you want something, you save the money for it, and you get it. I'm going to get you out of here on this one. Give me your Mount Rushmore comedians. 
Uh, you know, at one point I had, you know, to me, Eddie Murphy would stop. God. Till today, you can watch Raw and watch Delirious, still relevant. Yes. And that thing is 35, 40 years old. Yes. I got to put Eddie at one. And I know Richard Pryor, you know, a lot of people feel like it's Richard Pryor, but I came to America during the Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy era, you know. So when I got here, I think Richard was pretty much, he was more like just doing movies at right. the time, you know. Um, so I had to go back to, to you know, Sunset. to Level study Sunset. him. You know, so I got to pull, you know, and then I heard about some other person things that he did that kind of like threw me off a little bit. Right. But I'm not going to judge him for what he happened in his past. But I got to pull Eddie first. I got to pull Richard Pryor number two. Then I have to go with Current. You know, um, I've watched specials in the past 20 years. And for me, Chris Rock... Every time he put out a special, it was special. Yeah. Because Chris Rock took his time. Chris Rock put out a special almost every five to eight years. Right. You know, because I think a special has to be special. Man. Right. You have to put time and effort into it. And every special that Chris Rock did was special to me. Okay. You know, so I would put Chris Rock at three. Um, you know, I got to... I, then I gotta go with I gotta go with Dave. We well, got a hell of a list. You, you got know, a hell of a the, list. The, the thing with Dave, you know, Dave started off comedy. He was a prodigal. Dave was doing comedy for about fifteen years, and Blackboard didn't know Dave. Right. You know, because he was more on a mainstream. Yes. It was mainstream comic. So yeah. At first time I saw the first time I heard of Dave Chappelle, was he on was Dave Chappelle show. That's well, what? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. He was in a. Uh, 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 the Clumps. Exactly. Uh, Nutty Professor. Nutty when Professor. he was Reggie. Yes. And then he was in Blue Street with Martin. Yes. Once he started doing black stuff. Yes. Was, that like, but he was doing comedy 10 years before that. I didn't know. know. I, I know that. I didn't know. Now, I knew I was a comic, right. but y'all didn't know. No. So, you know, because Dave was able to like, you know, start off as mainstream and was able to capture every audience. Yes. And now he's the top dog. Yes. You know, um, so I put him there as uh, what we at four. Four. That's it. That's all you get. Is it top four or top five? No, no. My Rushmore has four faces on it. Is it that four faces? That's it. Okay, that's it. That's top four. Cause I was gonna be fifth. Who? Michael Blackson. Here's a man that come from a whole different continent, and made and made a name for himself in comedy. The first man from the whole continent of Africa to be known in America as a comedian. The first. So I have to give myself credit for that. And I did it. I ain't gonna give myself. you no credit though. You gotta give me credit. Man. Nope. Come on. I'm not gonna be able to do that. I wish I could though. I hate it. I thank you for coming by, but I'm not gonna be able to uh, give you credit for you coming you, to Africa. You look Nigerian too. <laughs> hey, why you hate nobody people? We know we had this beef on Jalof Rice. You know anything about Jalof Rice? Mm-mm. Well, Jalof Rice is kind of like African version of fried rice. Okay. It's made totally differently. Right. Ghana and Nigeria has been beefing on who has the best jollof. Yeah. You know, Nigeria. and so it's been a big fight. Even we just we just had a you know we had a soccer match. Yeah. To see who going to the World Cup, Ghana beat Nigeria. Did it? Yes. Y'all so cheated. Nigeria is eliminated. Y'all cheated. Your people, ninety percent, all that muscles. You guys are all overgrown. Nigerians are just <laughs> overgrown. You know, Ghanaians are like 
you know, we are sh they're shorter, faster when it comes to soccer. Right. You guys, Nigerians, are, you can't have football and soccer. You guys, like 5% of NFL players are Nigerians. Yeah. You know, but yeah, so it's a big jollof beef that has caused this whole beef, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, neither one of them have the best jollof, unfortunately. You know who has the best jollof? Who? Senegal. That's where it originated from. I know my Guineans gonna be very mad at me. I'm sorry. Please let me back in the country when I come. <laughs> but I had Senegal jollof yeah. about a month ago at this jollof contest where I was allowed to taste Ghana jollof, Nigeria jollof, Senegal jollof. Right. And I felt so embarrassed that Senegal tasted so much. But it originated in. in I found that it was originated in Senegal. Do you, when you uh, when you different places do you? Try to find a local African spot Every, to eat at. Everywhere I go. I found a place in L.A. But then also, I, I mean, I, I cook. I've been cooking. You know, I, I, I was raised in Liberia. In my African life, most of my time was in Liberia. Liberia is a place where men learn how to yeah. cook at a young age. Right. You know, so I could still cook my African stew. I know I even know where the African local African grocery store is to go and grab my stuff right. and cook. So I could cook. And when I'm lazy, I'll go to the African restaurants in the area. I don't know who eating your cooking. Don't be a hater, man. You want some fish eyes? After no, I do not want no fish eyes. I do not. I'm sorry. How about cow's tongue. You ever? I have had cow tongue. You ate cow tongue, but you got a problem with fish eyes. Yeah, I've eaten mountain oysters. I've eaten, you know, turkey oysters. I've eaten a lot of things. You know, Possum, raccoon, turtle. I have a turtle. Have you ate a rabbit? Yes. Squirrel. He ate a Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah. You ate one too. I did. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Eat a rabbit. Uh, uh, you know, I grew up in the rural south. I can't, I mean, uh, it you was, a, like a bush mouse, a no. bush rat. No. I've had a bush rat. Well, whatever you call it. You eat possum. Oh, I have possum. So I'm I, sure I've had possum. Yeah. No, nah, see? I've ate all kinds of things, man. Yeah, but I I try to graduate it. Like Vienna sausages, I like. Well, if I make, when I make some money, I ain't going to eat that. Sardines, uh, all that stuff, I ain't eating that. Anymore. What? Mm -mm, I'm good. Because you got money, you're going to... Just... Yeah, yeah, that's what, that was the whole purpose. That's what drove me, because I didn't want to eat that every day. Now that I got money, I could, I could afford more fish eyes. No, I don't want no more fish eyes. I, went from, I don't want no more fish eyes, fish, fish heads. I don't want none of that. Fish brains the best. No. Uh, filet, uh, chicken, turkey, uh, some sea bass. I'm good. Lamb chops, I'm good. Sea bass is good. Just get it with the head still attached. No, I don't, I, don't want the, I don't want the head on the fish. I don't even want the head on the fish. The fish needs to come... Head removed. Are you scared to look at the fish's face? No, first of all, I don't want nothing but fillets anyway. I ain't picking out nothing because I don't want no bones. No, I do not. It's going to come in up. So you never fillet. eat like uh, uh, any head of any animal? No, 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 no. I, wait, I mean, it's not really head. Like a goat head, like the whole head. Hog head. You saw his face? Yeah. I ain't eat the eyes, though. You ate the ears. No, nah, I can't. I only eat fish eyes. I don't eat. You eat pig ears, though, right? You know what? My lady cooked it the other day. Pig ears? Yeah. Yeah, pig ear sandwich, but... Sandwich? Yeah. With mustard. What that we from the game? <laughs> yeah, I'm from rural South Georgia, man. Uh, <laughs> Y'all free over there. Everybody's free. Yeah, we free. We've been free. Cause I know I went close there. I said, listen, all of you just follow me, man. Let's get out of here. Uh, uh, look, you don't have to you stay went to, you went to Atlanta. You didn't go any further no, south than Atlanta. Been you been to, to Savannah? Been to Savannah. You been to Macon? I was in Columbus, Georgia. Oh yeah, Columbus, Georgia is, is that's uh that's south. That's uh near uh that's near uh, Alabama. I saw, three Bur Birmingham. I saw three people that didn't know they were free. <laughs> I said, follow me, you are free. You don't have to be here. They said, you show us? Yeah, come on. You 85, you were 85 South. Way down South. Yeah. I'm further South than that. Further than that? I'm further than that. I'm Southeast. I'm near, Flo I'm near the Florida line. I'm way down. So you used to like walk 
to Atlanta. Like, yeah, I ain't nobody <laughs> walked to no Atlanta. <laughs> no, I did not walk to no Atlanta. No. <laughs> Bro, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Ah. Uh, uh, damn, I felt like I was hugging myself. <laughs> yeah, damn. <laughs> I left my muscles at home for a second. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.